Thanks for joining us on the podcast today. If you have questions about our church or following Jesus, feel free to reach out to us at info at theplantchurch.org. Now, here's today's message. But what we're going to do this morning is uh, talk with you all. Can you all see me okay? We just, we just uh, rolled with the chairs last minute because we figured it'd be more casual. We're going to talk through some vision for the morning, uh, for the year as a church. Uh, and, and I want to direct you to some scripture before we get into sharing uh, what we're going to be up to as a church this year. And Bob, if my clicker just decides not to work on me, if you would help me out, that'd be great. But I think we're there. Um, 1 Thessalonians 5.24. This verse has been... Uh, on my heart for a couple of weeks now, uh, and, and it simply says this, the one who called you is faithful, and he will do it. The one who called you is faithful, and he will do it. And I want you to keep this scripture in mind as we uh, journey through some vision for the year together. Why? Because I want you to imagine, because this is what this is, is Paul's writing this verse to a group of Christians in a particular context, in a particular community, just like we are here in West Milford. And, And he's saying to them, just as I think he's saying to us this morning, the one who called you here to be a part of this community, God, he's faithful. He's faithful in your personal life. He's faithful in your relationships. He's faithful in all the the challenges that you are facing in this season of life. And he's called you. He's the faithful one. And trust me, he's gonna do it. He's gonna do what he said he's gonna do. He's gonna do all of the promises that are in scripture. He's going to fulfill everything. I know it doesn't seem like that. Some days it doesn't seem like that for me either. A lot of days actually. But he is still faithful. That's good news, right? So I wanted to share that because it's been impressed on me by the Lord so much lately and on our team that it's not us that's going to do this. It's him that's going to do this. What do I mean when I say do this? Um, We are here in West Milford uh, because about, is it six years, Joel? Six years ago? You can can talk into the mic now. Oh yeah, five years ago. I know. Get, get the guy who's not usually on a mic on a mic, and he's like, I get it. So about five years ago, why are we saying this? What is this that we're talking about? About five years ago, Joel and Janet, um, you, you were longtime West Milford residents. Yeah, so right? my wife, who's sitting over here, um, we moved to West Milford in 1996, and we raised our two sons through the West Milford school system, starting at Marshall Hill, through Macapin, through the high school. And then along the way, as we were reverse commuting to Mawa to work, um, about eight years ago, we made the decision to move to Airmont so that our commute would be like three minutes. And then Sundays, we were reverse commuting here. So there's a lot of back and forth going on. And eventually, you guys permanently, I know, moved down to the Suffern Mawa area. Um, But you guys still had a heart for this community, right? And, and like you said, and, and you're still coming up here, um, but there, and there was an existing church in this building, right? Yeah, so Calvary Bible Church was founded in West Milford in 1957 and had done the ebbs and tides of, churching, of churches, and unfortunately, about 10 years ago, our pastor had a stroke, and 
Um, we became self-governed. And as a small church, we prayed and prayed for a um, solution to continue the church and this building as a church in West Milford. So my wife and son, we had moved to Airmont, New York, which is right by Mawa, and they had discovered the plant. And then four or five months later, I had been traveling on a business trip. They said, we don't have time to go to church in West Milford. We, our son lives in Pennsylvania. He needs to get back home. So we went to the plant, and God spoke to us and said, this is the, this is the church that we want to merge with. We, wanted to, we want them to take us over. So the process has been about four or five years. Um, we became part of the Christian and Missionary Alliance, Calvary Bible Church. And then um, so far the rest Went is history. Went from there. Went so, from there. So I think what's crazy about this is just out of nowhere, um, you're walking into the plant, you meet some of the leaders there and just go, hey, we have a really small church community that, that needs to have a new life cycle, a new story, a new history. It's already been doing work in the community. Like at one time, from what other pastors in the community have told me, is one of the largest kind of youth gatherings and youth outreaches in the whole community of West Milford was right here in this church in Calvary Bible. And so you guys came and were like, hey, we have this church building. Do you want it? Do you want to continue what you're doing? And so that's how the plant ended up here. And I love, Joel, the stories of what God's already done. And what strikes me about it is God's already been working through the people that were a part of this church community, right? And, and God's already been working in this community. And this is just a continuation of that story under a different name, really. Yeah, so as, again, from raising our children here, um, we were heavily involved in the community. I coached soccer in town for more than 10 years. Um, the diversity of the town, as most of you know who live in this area, it is the largest town in New Jersey by square miles, not like square well, yards. Like or, 80 square miles or something like that, right? It's huge. Yeah. Um, for the townies who've been there whole life, they talk about jungle habitat. Well, jungle <laughs> habitat was gone 10 years before I ever moved here, and we still heard stories. So it's not a fast-changing town. But there are many, many people in the town who feel the tug from God. So, um, yeah. I feel like God's up to something new here in West Milford is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, let's, so, so there's a, been a gospel presence in this building, I think is one of the big things that we're saying. And uh, the heart from Joel and the leaders of Calvary Bible was that the plant would help for there to continue to be gospel outreach, gospel ministry happening through, through this building and a church community gathering in this building. Um, but let's talk about a little bit about when we say it, that's what we mean. We mean a gospel presence here in this building, reaching the community of West Milford, seeing transformation in the name of Jesus. But let's talk a little bit about what this community is like, Joel. Like you mentioned a little bit, it's 80 square miles. It's actually a really challenging kind of geography to reach because, I mean, all of you who live here know we live here in this community, my wife and I, and our kids as well. I mean, a 30-minute drive is nothing. That's like what, that's just, that's just called Tuesday. Like you, you got to drive at least 30 minutes to go anywhere. So there's a lot of space, a lot of ground to pe- cover. People are, are very, very spread out in this community. And, and I think, Joel, I'd love for your insight on this. Like, we've kind of identified three core needs, kind of based on the geography, based on the people here, based on the context, 
three core kind of needs or issues that, that, that have come up for us. The first one has to do with the youth, the teenagers of the community, specifically space, like third space for them to gather. Uh, the second one has to do with um, uh, just kind of like some of the antagonism and, and some of the... Uh, some of the political climate stuff that can, that can get kind of nasty sometimes in different ways. I don't even just mean partisan-wise, just with things going on in the town. Like there can be a lot of like infighting and things like that that can happen. Uh, and then finally, noticing like that in some ways there's a lack of resources in the community. I, we know that the, the food pantry, for example, one of the food pantries, all the food pantries in town have, uh, have only increased the number of families that they're serving each month since the pandemic began. Um, we've talked, there's a lot of transportation issues. Like you need a car to drive around this community and get around this community. And if you do not have adequate transportation, if you are someone who needs to get to services down county, like in Patterson and Passaic, man, that's, that's a tough, tough sell for you. And then Joel, we've also talked about some of the mental health and the substance abuse challenges that are faced in this community. So between kind of all those things, like what for you it has just stood out to you in that all of these contextual challenges that we have that we're facing? Well, it, what's amazing in West Milford is, and this is prior to me coming to Calvary Bible Church, was um, the amount of youth in the school system. And then when you got to a certain point, like a lot of us, if you were not a super athlete or not super involved in band, mm-hmm. um, the band in town is phenomenal, mm-hmm. but it is competitive marching band, and it's a huge dedication. So for even our own kids, there was a decision in ninth, going into ninth grade in the high school to decide to not continue. And then it was, okay, now what do you do? Mm. And um, that need was met once upon a time when they built the gym. And this was one of the biggest thriving community centers for young people. Um, back in the day when you could play dodgeball, uh, <laughs> you, we heard all the stories about the, the pastor um, having to go to the hospital playing with kids. <laughs> Uh, playing dodgeball. I hope that doesn't happen again. <laughs> um, so yeah, and then as as you know, in New Jersey, um, as parents praying for your children, what's next? Um, thankfully, our kids going through the school system. We were nervous about them going into high school because there is, or there was, and there still is a big drug issue. And not just in West Milford, but in the Northeast in mm-hmm. particular. Um, there's not enough activities for the youth. And then when you get out of youth and you're mm-hmm. a young adult, and um, most of the people who live in West Milford do not work in West Milford. So mm-hmm. you need to commute out of the town. And there's basically three ways in. Through the south on Route 23, through... Uh, Greenwood Lake Turnpike, out through Slotesburg that way. And there's times that I have driven all the way up to Monroe, New York, <laughs> to come back down the thruway when I was working in Mawa. So those are big challenges. Yeah. And as, as a small church re-energizing, um, having that heart and drive for the community. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I talk about, even even though most of the time now we... Go to church in Mawa. Um, I am still the liaison for West Milford on the board. I have been for four years and have made the decision to continue to push for the next two years and possibly two more years after that because 
I really feel the plant will have a, a big and a bigger impact mm. in West Milford in the yeah. future. Yeah. Um, there, there are, there's such a need and yeah, and like Andrew was saying, the separation in the town, mm. it's not a new thing, but it's a very sad thing. Instead of having a, a, a town coming together with such resources and such things, this is probably one of the most beautiful areas to drive to, except when it snows. <laughs> so, Joel, let me, let me uh, throw a question out to the room here. Because uh, I think the substance abuse thing is something that's been pretty eye-opening for me. I'm on a committee in town, the West Milford Municipal Alliance, that does stuff with uh, drug education prevention and, and things like that in the community. But just a question for everyone in the room. How many of you who have grown up in West Milford or been around West Milford for a while know friends, family member, or someone who has struggled with a substance abuse issue? Yeah, that's a lot of hands. Just look, keep your hands up real quick. Can you just look around at how many people have their hands up right now? Even in the back, around the room. Did you know that in all of Passaic County, according to the, the latest data I've seen, according to uh, the latest data, in all of Passaic County, people in West Milford are more likely to be admitted for a substance abuse problem than any other township or city in Passaic County. That includes Patterson. That includes the city of Passaic now, number of people, yes, Patterson has more, Passaic has more. We talk percentage-wise and the likelihood based on the amount of people that live here. There's a higher percentage of people from West Milford that this is happening to. Uh, there's a sense of disconnectedness, of loneliness, of especially for young people when they choose not to engage in band or academics. There's huge, huge gaps. So this is some of, not the full picture, but some of the context that we have sensed and noticed that there is a need, a gospel opportunity, a gospel uh, hope that needs to be realized in some real tangible ways. Um, so I want to talk a little bit about why we are here then. Hopefully a little bit of that context helps you see. Would you mind advancing that slide from Bob, why we're here? There's a quote that I, I love from the theologian Stanley Hauerwas that I think helps us just talk about why we are here as a church community. He says this, the first job of the church is to be the church and show the world it's the world. Now, what he means by that is he's not saying that we need to go around telling people they're doing their life long and they need to live a, live a, more, a more moral life or something like that. That's not what he's getting at with this quote. What he's getting at is when there is a, a community of people that is living in alternative way than the society around them. They're choosing into the hope of Jesus. They're not just choosing into a set of good morals to be good people, but they're choosing into a way to live their whole life, to serve one another, some, love one another. Some of these things we've been talking about in this series, we're talking about forgiving one another, uh, being generous with our time, our finances, uh, taking in the poor, the helpless, the needy, being there for people maybe that no one else is there for talking about. That's what he's talking about when he says to be the church and then the world will see that it's the world. There, there is a level of commitment to what God is doing to heal the world that the church is called to have that the world just cannot keep pace with. Are you following me? And that's not a we have a better thing going on. It's because we have recognized that we don't have a better thing going on and we need to submit ourselves to Jesus. And when we as a community are submitted to Jesus, we begin to find space for hope in the world through the work Jesus is.
us first, and then as we reach out to the community around us. So does that make sense to you? I wanted to, to point that out. I'm sorry, I'm having some... Um, I wanted to point that out and, and make, point of, uh, make a note of that because I, w- when we talk about why we're here in this community, uh, based on this context that Joel's just been sharing about, there's two things, Joel, I think, that come to mind. So one... Uh, we're called to be here to be an alternative kind of community in the middle of the West Milford community. And, and then I think that also means we're called to have a really open posture to the people of this community. Yeah? Absolutely. Um, one, of, one of the things that brought my wife and I originally to Calvary Bible Church was that we were doing Bible study in people's houses. Um, hmm. The church here, you know, it's big. We had calculated what it would cost to keep it heated when it wasn't Sunday during the winter. And we started going to a Bible study at the pastor's house and still going to church in Dover, New Jersey. Hmm. So, and then we made this our home church and realized there was so much need in West Milford that we needed to be community present. Hmm. That's good. So I just want to share two things, and then I'm going to bring Ryan into the conversation and talk about how, how do we begin to do this. Are you all following us this morning? Are you tracking with us? Are you with us? I know this is a little bit different than normal. Um, but when we mean being an alternative community, there's some very practical things that we've already started to do as a church and that we want to start doing. So I just want to share a couple of practical things that, that we are really committed to that we see as the way forward of how we live as an alternative community here in West Milford, one, and two, how we have an open posture to the people of West Milford. So just very quickly, as an alternative community, um, emotionally healthy uh, discipleship. How many of you have gone through the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality course? Some of you in the room have gone through Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Um, And then right now, the other half of that course is called Emotionally Healthy Relationships. We're running a pilot of that right now. Um, and the goal is, is that every year, starting next year, we'll be running Emotionally Healthy Spirituality in the, in the fall, Emotionally Healthy Relationships in the spring. Uh, and, and what this class does is two parts. Basically, the first part is teaching us, like, how do we love God? But it goes way below the surface. Those of you who have taken the class know what we're ta- I'm talking about when I say it goes way below the surface. It's not just like doing things for God. It's actually becoming someone who really believes and, and experiences, wow, I'm loved by God. And that's really hard for a lot of people. If we're honest, a lot of us don't actually live like we're loved by God. And so this course helps us unpack why we have a hard time with that. Then the second half, emotionally healthy relationships, is literally how do we love each other? And these are, this is the two greatest commandments Jesus said, love God and love your neighbor as yourself. And so emotionally healthy relationships helps teach skills for people to do relationships together in a healthy way. Friendships, marriages, church life group relationships, you know, all those like people that you just spend too much time with and then you, you start to get annoyed with them and then you're just like, I'm, I'm going to move on and find new friends now. It, this course helps you understand why you do that. Why do you have certain ways of having conflict in relationship? And, and I want to suggest to you that as the church, if we start living in a way where we're loving God and loving people through something practical like this course, that really is a very alternative way of life that the world around us just doesn't know what to do with. If you're experiencing the love of God and know how to extend the love of God like that, wow, 
But then imagine a whole community of people that's learning to do that together. So emotionally healthy discipleship is a huge part of that. Another thing that we've talked about recently um, in the last uh, couple of months, I believe in September, early October in our, our fall vision uh, series that we talked about. I talked about how um, we're starting to notice in small ways our West Milford campus is becoming a, a place that is culturally and ethnically diverse. Now, West Milford's 91.5% white. So I'm talking about diversity relative to West Milford. So just bear with me. Um, but the reason I bring that up, and I've had people in our own church community share that um, they've not experienced that before. In, in, this part of, in this part of New Jersey before. And, and I, we're not really trying to do anything intentional to do that at the moment, but we re- are really starting to sense that God is calling us to be people who learn how to live well together, cross-culturally, cross multiple ethnicities. We've got folks in our church community that are immigrants from at least two continents I can think of off the top of my head. Um, and, and a whole bunch of other folks um, that are here with us from week to week. And so learning how we live well, not to force diversity, but really live in kingdom unity is what we're talking about. And, and when we do that, that's an, another thing that I believe for the particularities of West Milford that begins to just display something that's really alternative as a community. You know what I'm saying? It's like, wow, that's really different. How are you all doing this life together? And so that's really important to us and something that we want to steward as God is, is doing. And then for our open posture, this goes back to something that's been huge for us. How many of you know we started open gym nights uh, on our first Friday of every month for teenagers? That should get way more applause. So many of you were involved in whether it was clearing the garbage and junk out of that gym, cleaning it. We had the mold remediation that happened in that space. Uh, and we just in October had our first open gym night. We're having teenagers, 7th through 12th grade, come into that space once a month just to play basketball, dodgeball. Thankfully, I'm not there, so the pastor can't go to the hospital. I was the start of filling the gym with the stuff. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Joel started the problem of filling the gym with stuff, and we fixed it. That's okay. Um, But that is just the beginning of how we, we envision this building being used as third space for the community. Ryan gets a little nancy when I talk about this, but I want to blow out that whole center section of the building and turn it into a cafe that's like actually open and functioning during the week uh, because we need spaces like that in West Milford. We need spaces where kids can come in, parents can come in, people can connect and gather. They know it's a safe, uh, clean space. They've got the gym that they can have access to during different times for kids to play. Like we really, we, normally we want to be a church that's like, get out of the building, go be with your neighbors. But we recognize there's a real tangible need in this community to provide space. And so we want to do everything in our power to provide space here in different ways to different community groups as much as we are able. Um, we have a ton of community partnerships and our goal over this next year is to pull all of you into those community partnerships more, whether it's with the West Milford Municipal Alliance that's working on drug education and substance abuse prevention in our community, uh, the food pantry at the West Milford Presbyterian Church that some of you have actually been regularly involved with going on, a, a, I think it, uh, Eric goes like weekly and he's there bagging orders for families and stuff. A couple other people are there at least monthly, but we we want to be really strategic over this next year of us as a church community engaging in these partnerships so we can serve this community. And then finally, starting in January, um, there's going to be a missional life training that's going to be happening every month 
uh, here. And, and the goal of that is as many of our community can come out to that as possible. We want every person here. And the reason is, is because we've got to learn how to take this alternative community, uh, deep spiritual life stuff, and how to live very missionally, intentionally present with our neighbors who desperately need Jesus. And how do we love them well and look for those opportunities to proclaim the gospel in their life? So there's going to be opportunities to do that. So those are our really practical things as an alternative community and having an open posture that we are going to begin to lay out this year. So if you're wondering over the next year, how do I get involved in the plant church? I just laid it all out and explained it. Opportunities to be in an alternative community through emotionally healthy discipleship, opportunities for intercultural commitment to each other, and an open posture, having an open posture with third space, uh, opening our building to community, community partnerships, missional life training. So with all that being said, that's a lot of stuff. So Ryan, I want to bring you into the conversation now. Ryan's also on our board. He's one of our elders. He's also our treasurer. Um, There are some key questions that we have to ask in terms of how do we get there, right? And I think we've talked about this a little. It it boils down to three things. We have some financial stability things that are going to be required to get there, some personal sacrifice things, and then a, a, a corporate commitment to community, right? So I'm wondering if you'd talk first maybe about some financial stability and what that looks like. Yeah, so uh, for financial stability, we are going to go through our, you know, expenditures for 2022 through 2023. So we have a fiscal year end of September 30th, so we're presenting as of September 30th, 2023. Um, And then our budget for the ongoing year. And what you're going to see and what I'm going to walk you through is uh, a West Milford self-sustaining budget. So what we mean is we're, we're part of one organization. It's the Plant Church. Uh, Mawa and West Milford combined. When we're talking about our monthly budget, we are not looking at West Milford's, you know, separately most of the time. We're talking about an overall ask, uh, overall um, need. But to, and that's something we presented in the past, but we are continuing to um, try and get to this West Milford self-sustaining. And what that means is not only meeting our budgetary need as an individual church, but also go above that budgetary need so then we can um, continue to do work with, you know, getting this building. Um, some, there's some financial needs for this building. There will be um, a need for a commercial septic to be installed at some point. Exactly. Fun times. Yeah. So not just... Anyone you know, who owns a septic company that's in the room, just give me a call. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, so, and like even dreaming even beyond that of being able to plant another Mm -hmm. church location eventually and help get them on their feet like Mawa did for us. So um, if we could just go to the next slide, I'll present some of the 2023 numbers and, yeah, I'm going to pull them up here. Hold on a sec. An opportune time for the the iPad to shut down. Bob, you okay following the slides back there? I'm sorry, I tried to... So you'll see the the first time, uh, or for the first line, um, or the expenses overall, uh, we had spent 170K. Uh, That was broken out by, first line is the uh, mission. So this is everything, think about everything we do outside, beyond beyond the church. This is our missions fund. This is our CMA dues. This is um, our our outreach. Uh, We spent around 17K there. Uh, For the staff, the staff expenses, this is not just Andrew. We have... Uh, I think seven people on staff now that help support uh, the West Milford campus in some way or another. 
Think about West Milford as 20%. We're roughly 20% of our overall budgetary need. Um, you know, if you look at our combined, we're actually 900, we're, we're just under a million dollars total budget need as the plant. Uh, so we're right around that 20% number. So this is, you know, uh, staff for all expenses are our worship leaders. Uh, you guys have seen Megan here. She's our, our kidsman. Uh, director for director. both campus. Um, and then you've also seen Paul. Paul's our youth minister. So we've had, we have, it's a, you know, we have a, a bunch of people kind of uh, that fall into that line. Next is building. Uh, you know, it costs a lot to keep the lights on and the heat going. So that's our probably our second biggest line there. Can I, can I share one thing on that? What yeah. we're really thankful about here is that we have we owe zero money on this building. It is completely owned. There's no mortgage yeah. on it. Yeah, that's worth clapping for. That get, that gives us one of the first questions that the district will ask us in terms of like uh, where our campus is at in terms of self-sustaining is, do you have a mortgage on the building? And when we go no, they go, oh wow, that's great. Because it, it's such a big, it's actually a really big deal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the next line is just our, what I consider our inactivities. This is our missional communities, this is our community life. Um, this is everything we do as kind of the, the in when we do, you know, some of those uh, Christmas by the fire events, stuff like that. Like so, some of the community life budgets go towards that. Our men's and women's activities. Uh, and then the last thing is just administrative expenses, office expensive, kids men expensive, kind of a catch-all. And the reason why I kind of wanted to walk you through this is we, we are trying to be fully transparent about where the money is going. Um, I am more than happy to talk through these numbers. Uh, I am a CPA. Money is like my first language, I always say. Um, so I am. <laughs> we try and translate for you. Yeah, exactly. As much as we can. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and we are going to actually start doing a monthly publication um, through email. Uh, just another way just to be, con continually be transparent. In the past, we've only shared this on an annual basis. So we're trying to just get these out there on a more regular basis. Uh, Bob, if you get on the next slide. Um, so this is just a graphic representation of where uh, all those numbers For lie. For all our visual friends, right? Yeah, yeah. The yeah. uh, visual learners out there. Um, and we would love to get, you know, obviously the missional number a little higher. Um, and uh, I think we can continue to do that as we become more self-sustaining and, and meet just the basic budgetary needs. Okay, so the, the overall number for last year was about 174,000, you said, something like that? Uh, 170K. 170K. Okay, so talk us through what this new, new budget is for this new year. Yeah, so if you go to the next line, we're just... It's really just a, a basic increase. We're not looking to do anything extravagant. Uh, we have uh, great staff uh, right now, so we're you know we're we're not looking to add anyone at the moment. Uh, the biggest things are just like continuing costs to to run a building and to you know we all know you know inflation has increased over the years, so it's really just an inflationary mm -hmm. increase. We're not looking to do anything um, more extravagant uh, until we meet this self-sustaining goal. Uh, so overall, we have this 181k need. So I'd say this is our our baseline financial need that we're looking to hit this year. Uh, overall, if you think about it, the whole campus it's a 950k uh, overall need for the whole church, for both the whole campuses, church. right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then the next slide is just going to give a, a quick for our visual learners graphic. again. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then if we keep going, we just kind of I just kind of wanted to put a kind of show what offering has been like. So that's just the expense side. I always say the expense side is the, the more real number. It's very, uh, I think 
I've been on the finance team for four years now, and we have hit or come under that budgetary need almost like exactly. You know, we're, we're plus or minus like 5, 10K, so we're pretty good at uh, making sure we're, we're spending based on the budget and not going above that. Um, and if we do need to go above that, that's something we usually come to the congregation for approval. So this is just our, our giving history. Um, so, so, so what are we looking at here? We're looking at the previous three years of the West Milford campus's existence, right? Right. So, okay. So talk us through what there, because we started officially, we launched here in 2020. Yep. So what, are, what do we have across 2020, 2021, and then 2022 into 2023? What, is that, what does that giving track look like? Yeah, so it's actually pretty good. Uh, we have three complete years, um, and we started off with, you know, 20, 20, 22 giving units. And we call uh, giving units are families. It's not just individual donors. It's, it's a, uh, any donor as a family. Um, and it doesn't in include cash. Uh, unless you're putting in an envelope, we can't really uh, attribute the giving to any specific family. So if it's just cash, we can't really count that as a giving unit. But anyone that's giving through checks or online or actually using the giving envelopes, we're able to count that as a giving unit. So we've had, we had 22 when we first started, which accounted for 65, roughly 65K. Um, Moving forward, last year we saw the increase to 29 giving units and an increase, almost double uh, our offering mm. of the 112K. And you see what I added to that. Uh, I added another line starting in 2022. That's when we started looking at West Milford expenses as a individual uh, church. Um, so you'll see in 2022 we had an overall deficit of 50K. The, the last year, 2022 to 2023, um, we saw a decrease in giving units. Um, I think that some of that is attributed to, uh, you know, just the way that we mapped some of the families together. I think some of them were actually shown separately in the prior years. Um, but we saw an increase in offering, which is great. We've seen a continuing increase in offering as we've been here. Um, to that 138k number, so that's our final offering from the prior year, uh, compared to our budgetary need 170k, which is an overall 31k deficit. So over the the last three years, uh, prior to uh, what we're looking for into this next year, the giving has gone up every year. Mm -hmm. So I think that's just a moment to thank everyone that's a part of West Milford first and foremost is that all of you, those who aren't here today, have been a part of doing this. Uh, and I just want you to know that your giving is actually contributing to impact here in West Milford. It matters. It's doing something. So thank you for being a part of that. That's really important to make sure we highlight that you have been faithful as God's called you to be faithful. And we've continued to, to head towards this being a financially sustainable campus. And this is a really big deal. That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. And, and I mean... You guys can celebrate yourselves a little. Like you're like you're like down on yourselves. You're like okay. Yeah, I, I mean, like these are honestly these are great. Like I try and avoid comparing it to my world and the financial world, but like in a growth company, you don't expect anything coming in until like five years down the road. That's usually like our impairment model is five years down. So mm -hmm. we're only half, you know, just just over halfway there. Um, and. So 
Sorry, so can you, can you talk us through, so you gave us a number for this next year of 181,000, yep. um, but obviously what we saw last year in giving isn't there. What are you hoping comes in for giving this year? And, and then can you ask, give us some specifics on, and some opportunities that you want to invite people into to help make that possible? Yep, yeah, so our goal this year is really to see that giving uh, unit number increase. Uh, to 40. Uh, I would love for people to start using the, uh, if you're giving, if you're a cash donor, I'd love for you to start using the little giving envelopes so that we can start start counting giving units. Um, you know, our overall projection is at 164K. Uh, that's what our goal is, and I'll kind of break that down a little further of how we can get there um, against that budgetary expense. So even this year, we are projecting a deficit. Um, but again, a decrease in our deficit. It's growing. It's growing in the right direction. Yeah, it's going in the right direction. Yep. Can you break that down then? How? how yeah. What's the invite then? Just for the sake of time. Like, yes. Can yes, you give yes. us the invite of um, how we're moving towards that? Right. So I broke it down a little bit here. The ask is really um, so if everyone that currently gives over twenty dollars a week just continues to give. So it's, so this chart kind of breaks down what the top ten donors are giving. Uh, what the remaining 15 are giving. The way that I project it is if those 15 donors were to commit to at least giving $20 a week, um, and if we got 15 new donors to commit to $20 a week, that would get you to that 164K. And that $20, um, and kind of my little testimony to this, is that's kind of where I started, and that's kind of where you know, I'm praying. If, if you're a new donor, uh, if you've never given before, or if you have given less, hmm. to see if you can commit to that $20 a week. I mean, I, I grew up in a family that was very much a save first, spend next, give later. Um, you know, it wasn't until I joined the plant where I, I learned the biblical means of, of uh, our, our, the biblical, biblical way of handling our finances, where give first to God, save next, and then spend. Um, it was, it's against our social norm. You even look up in Google, it's always going to tell you to save first. But uh, the mm. Bible talks over and over again about how we should be giving first, giving first to God. And when I joined the plant, that's kind of where we started. We were like, well, let's see if we can start giving $20 a week. Um, and we did not miss that $20 a week. We didn't even notice that $20 a week when we started. We were fresh out of college. I was commuting to the city every day in financial debt. Uh, still paying off student loans, but still did not notice that $20 missing uh, each week. So um, that's our goal. That's that's kind of what we've been praying for in our ask, um, if you're willing to commit to that, that $20. So, so just to, to summarize all of this then, what um, what Ryan's really saying is, is uh, our budget for this year is $181,000 for West Milford. Uh, we're not trying to hit $181,000 from people in West Milford. That makes, I think that was clear, right? But what we are trying to do is get closer to hitting that number. And so if everyone who has, is currently a regular giver, and you're either online or you fill out the envelope and everything, everyone who's currently a regular giver either uh, gives at least $20 a week or continuing to give what you're giving if you're above that. We're going to be on the way to do that. And in addition, if 15 new people who have not been committed givers commit to giving $20 a week throughout the course of the year, we're going to hit that 164000 uh, number, which moves us much, much, much closer toward our goal. It feels really tangible 
when it gets put in those terms. So Ryan, um, I'm going to move you off of finances real quick because there's not just a financial ask and we're going to end on this. Um, How do we get there? Because yeah, we need this building to be functioning because we want to make it an open space to the community, right? We want to be able to continue to move forward with our community partnerships and missional training and and all these pieces. Um, But it's not just going to require money, right? There's going to be a personal sacrifice and a commitment to this community. Can you just very briefly, if you can, talk about that, and then we're going to close. Yeah, and you know, one of the things that drew us into the plant is our commitment to community. We are very much a welcome-first uh, community, um, but we, we say we welcome everyone in, we love everyone in, but everyone uh, has to, uh, should commit to changing. Um, and that's changing for the better, changing for a more uh, faithful-driven life, uh, and I think as a community, we're, we're always trying to hold each other accountable to growing in Christ together. Um, we do that through our, our missional communities. We do that through just even our social gatherings. Um, I know there's a lot of people in this church that, that are hosting people. Uh, my wife and I are hosting people. Uh, you know, God bless us with a, a, a new house this year. And um, we're using that opportunity to invite people in from the community, just hosting them loving on them, welcoming, welcoming into our house, and then hopefully getting to the next uh, page where we're growing, faith, growing in faith together and growing in Christ together. Um, yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Yeah. Cool. Well, hey, guys, we're going to uh, close in, in just a minute, but um, I, I want to say two things. First, thanks to both of these guys for uh, being up here. Um, I know you're not normally like spending a lot of time up here on the platform having to talk in front of everyone. So I do appreciate that time and the effort. Um, both of these guys put in a lot of hours behind the scenes helping make decisions uh, for the future of this church. So be praying for them. Uh, pray for them as, as they, that they continue to make wise decisions and, and hear clearly from God. Um, and then the, the other thing I just want to leave us with is, is that sense of like, man, there's a really big vision that God's called us to in this community. Um, and there's three, three takeaways of how we're going to get there. There's a, a call to, to give at that $20 a week or more, depending on where you're at. For some of you, like Ryan said, you're not going to feel that. For some of you, your financial situation is very different, and that will feel like a personal sacrifice. Uh, so ask the Lord what he's calling you into. Uh, but that, that's what we're, we believe can get us towards that number. So one is the call is financial stability. Two is, like we said, personal sacrifice. Some of that's going to be time. Uh, it takes time to commit to learning how to be an emotionally healthy person. It takes time to commit to missional living. It takes time to partner with these people in the community that are serving. It takes time to be here uh, to open up this space at, for third space for the community. So we're calling people to a personal sacrifice of time. Uh, it is a we all see that. Um, and then third, a commitment, not just to individually giving your time, but a commitment to each other as a people in our life groups, building relationships. I've loved our life groups this year, um, how they've been diving into personal commitment to each other in new ways. And those three things are what are going to drive us forward on our mission. Thanks so much for joining us today. If this podcast has been helpful for you to know Jesus and make him known, then check out our website for more sermons and other resources, theplantchurch.org.